It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shoei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. That week sucked. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, it's the only way to really start this episode. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We got the Monday Blues today, everybody. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Locked On Brewers, your only daily podcast dedicated to the Brewers all season long. I'm the statistician for Bally Sports Wisconsin. And today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and then have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again. So the next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom, V-R-O-O-M.com, and check out thousands of of great cars. Brewers had a week to forget, and that's stating the obvious. They go 1 in 5 in 6 games between the Reds and the Pirates. They're swept by Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh and then lose 2 out of 3 at home to the Reds. We're going to briefly touch on the weekend. We're going to look at some overall stuff and we're going to get you ready for the upcoming schedule with today being an off day. Let's just jump in here real quick. Let's address that elephant sitting right there uh, with what happened over this weekend with David Stearns and Mark Adonacio. I'll have more on this coming in tomorrow's episode, but I wanted to briefly address it at the top of the show here. Mark Adonacio spoke to the media over the weekend and had some very interesting comments. Uh, To put it really in layman's terms, he absolved himself and rinsed himself of Asked of any question about cost-cutting and of player personnel and of player moves to say you'll have to ask David about baseball operations. Uh, I I was shocked by just the casualness of Mark Adonacio just simply saying, yeah, that you're going to have to ask David about that. Yeah, you're going to have to ask David about that. Uh, Adam McCalvey tweeted the video. We're going to have more on this in tomorrow's episode. Encourage you to check it out on his Twitter page. Todd Rosiak had quotes from him as well in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. But... Uh, it was the first time Mark Adonacio has spoken since the Josh Hader trade. And obviously, just like anybody else in the front office, he echoed the same sentiments that you got to make tough decisions, obviously, to try to continue the same phrase, you know, have as many cracks at it, you know, avoid rebuilding and things of that nature. But it was uh, obviously a very awkward, tense situation 
of with Mark Adonacio speaking with the media for the first time since the Josh Hader trade. And obviously the internet and Brewers Twitter, a small portion of it, feels like it's Adonacio's fault and that he's a cheap owner and things of that nature. I'm not jumping into that well right now. I just wanted to state that Mark spoke to the media, gave his side of the stories and his recollection of the accounts, and I was just rather surprised with how often he just referred, oh, you're going to have to ask to David. Oh, you're going to have to ask David about that. And David, to his credit, has made himself available multiple times. He was also available on Friday. Uh, and there were more quotes from McAlvey and Rosiak from that as well. More on that as a full breakdown. With today being an off day, we're going to analyze these quotes tomorrow and try to finally put this Josh Hader stuff to bed. But we're opening this first segment with just stating the obvious. The statement is simply, this team is not the same without Josh Hader. You knew that already. But there's a number that's jumped out to me now as the Brewers lose again yesterday in extra innings. And this was a team, before trading Josh Hader, in games decided by two runs or fewer, they were 30-22 and 22 this season. Really darn good. 30-22 and 22 in games decided by two runs or fewer. They are built on close games, run prevention. This is what they do. Well, after losing two tight games over the weekend, granted, Saturday it was seven to five, but the Brewers were trailing by two, entering or en- trailing by four, entering the ninth inning. It was still a two-run loss. The Brewers, since trading Josh Hader, they've played six games. Five of those games have been decided by two or fewer runs, and they have lost all five of those games. It is walking on eggshells right now in that bullpen. I'll give credit. Matt Bush got back on track in yesterday's game. More on yesterday's game in a second. Uh, He got back on track. Taylor Rogers allowed the go-ahead run, which set the stage for here. He hit the clutch home run at the bottom of the ninth. Brad Boxberger barely escaped after a couple of walks and an infield bunt hit in the ninth inning. Uh, And then Devin Williams, it was not his fault whatsoever in that tenth inning. An error, a sack fly, and two unearned runs against him with the place runner rule. This team has not been the same, especially in the back end of the bullpen, as you can tell, without Josh Hader. And in my opinion, the move is obviously stunning and shocking, and it's the the reality now for the Brewers. But maybe David Stearns was looking ahead at this upcoming stretch of saying, if we're not going to be able to get a bat, if we're not going to be able to go all in per se, as in not quite what the Padres are doing, but just... Being able to add pieces, like say what the Astros are doing. They're confident with their team, but they still upgraded with Christian Vasquez and Trey Mancini. They didn't trade any of their starters. There was rumors that they were going to trade Jose Urquidy or Christian Javier. No, they just added to the team. Small moves, but still added. The Brewers did add Taylor Rogers at the expense of Josh Hader. They've added Trevor Rosenthal. Denelson Lamette was DFA'd, we know. Jake McGee was just DFA'd yesterday as well. There wasn't quite the same amount of additions for a team that you would think that a team would be excited about that would you would say, okay, these are the complementary pieces that we need to move forward. We didn't see those kind of moves from the Brewers. And, and that tells me, a signal to me anyway, is that David Stearns feels this isn't the year. It was not meant to be the year. And they are reloading and getting ready for 2023. I'm not saying it's a teardown by any means. They're going to see what they can get, see if they can stick in it, and keep their nose in this race for the rest of this season. But the Cardinals win again in an absolute thriller over the Yankees yesterday. They dropped 12 runs on the Yankees. The Cardinals get to 60-48. and 48. 
They're now two games clear of the Brewers. And the Phillies, by the way, stomped the Nationals 13-1. to So now not only is Milwaukee two games back of the Central, they're also two games back of the wild card. Philly and San Diego at the time of recording have the same record, and I'm banking on San Diego losing Sunday Night Baseball last night. I'm recording this before this game starts. But Brewers do not have the tiebreaker over the Phillies, and they do not have the tiebreaker over the Padres. They're essentially three games back of a wildcard spot right now. It has been a free fall, and it's not been fun, and it's only going to get harder over these next two and a half weeks. As I got on the board right here, it's gut check time, man. You got Tampa Bay next, then you go to St. Louis, then you host Los Angeles, the Dodgers, you go to Chicago, you go to Los Angeles, and then you host Chicago one more time. And I'm counting Chicago in this because, one, the Brewers have had the bugaboo against the Cubs this year, and two, they kept Contreras and they kept Hap, they kept their two best players, and three, it's always going to be rocking at American Family Field when the Cubs are in town. Those are not easy games to win, even though they are at home. These next six series is the season, in my opinion. These next six series, this is it. You need to find a way to stay afloat. 500 is all you're really asking. Hang in there. Fight. Stay alive. And especially win a series against the Cardinals to show life against them. But this is going to be tough. And this is where, as a fan, this is when you have to defend yourself. And you're like, oh, it's, it's football season now, man. We're out of here. We're going up to see the Packers. Stay out of that trap. Be proud of your team. It sucks when they're losing. But it's one of those things of it's not all sunshine and lollipops all, all the time. And this is one of those times that we're not in the front office. I'm not in the front office. We will never know exactly what David Stearns and Matt Arnold and company were thinking. But they felt it was going to help the Brewers in the future. And quite frankly, we're getting close to starting to look to the future for 2023. Not quite there yet, but gut check time has arrived. Let's talk about the weekend uh, and get you ready for the Tampa Bay Rays coming to town. Before we do that, I want to tell you about LinkedIn, one of our sponsors that's been with us for a long time here on Locked On. LinkedIn Jobs is going to make it easier than ever to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. It is helping find the right people to hire for small businesses across the country. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs, and you can reach your network and beyond to the world's largest network of over 810 million people. They've got easy ways to prioritize the right candidates for you with screening questions, and you can focus on the ones with the bright skills that you can see and the right experience to prioritize who you're actually going to interview. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires against leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs has nearly 40 million job seekers every single week. Did you know that LinkedIn Jobs has nearly 40 million job seekers every single week? You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMLB. Again, LockedOnMLB. And you can post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply at linkedinjobs.com. At linkedin.com slash LockedOnMLB. New game day shirt? Boom. Cashback. Food for the tailgate? 
Boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Let's talk about the weekend for a little bit. And let's start with the good stuff, man. Friday, that was so much fun to watch. Rowdy Telez show on Friday. He hits a two-run homer, but that's not what was so exciting. It was the stolen base. Watch Rowdy run. He steals his second-ever base in the big leagues. And this was interesting, too, because it was dug up by Kurt Hogg of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, his previous stolen base. Uh, it wasn't a real stolen base, if you ask me. It was one of those where you put runners on the corners and you have the guy from first take off and then stop trying to get into a pickle so the guy from third can score. It was one of those. And Rowdy was the guy on first. So he was trying to stop and get into a pickle, but the Orioles just let him walk into second base. So he did get his first stolen base that way. But this is a legit stolen base. So that was a lot of fun. But the, the best part about it, obviously the good vibes disappeared the last two days. But Friday, it finally felt innocent for a second you could forget about everything you could forget about that sweep against the pirates you forget about hater being gone when rowdy telez after he made it to second slid up perfect pop-up slide gets up turns around the dugout and exuberate just put his arms in the air just smile ear to ear the dugout was loving it that's going to be one of my highlights of the season no matter how this ends for the brewers because that's rowdy telez understanding his team's not feeling great They're frustrated. They're playing tight. They're not playing like they're supposed to, just getting swept by the Pirates. And here they are at home with a lead against the Reds, a team that they are certainly better than. And he catches a pitcher napping. He says, I'm going to steal. I don't care. I'm going to take off. We're up 5-0. I don't care. I'm going. And he goes, and he gets it. And as Rowdy said, I no-throwed him. Speed kills. It was a great quote. I loved it from Rowdy. So that that was the biggest highlight for me in that game. The Brewers... Had Eric Lauer go seven innings as well. And that's the fourth time this year that Eric has completed seven innings. He was great. Just one run allowed. He finally got the strike zone again. At one point, he was heading into that seventh inning. He had thrown 32 of 36 pitches for strikes over his last few frames. And this is after having a 27-pitch first inning on Friday. Lauer, really impressive to see him bounce back in the way that he did. And carry the team to seven innings given the week that it was for the bullpen and let the bullpen coast into the finish line against the Reds to earn that win for game one. It felt like everything was normal for a night. And furthermore, they had the 1982 team on hand. You knew they couldn't lose that game. It was a fun weekend of reunions, of course. 1982 was there on Friday. You had Prince Fielder, Ryan Braun, and Jonathan Lucroy on Saturday. And then yesterday, Sunday, was the Robin Yount replica jersey giveaway. So there was energy in the crowd. And the Brewers get game one. It feels a lot better. That was exactly what they needed, and they got back on track. Saturday, though, was a different story. Aaron Ashby continues to struggle with these big walk games. Aaron Ashby should be a little sharper than this, but we do have to remind ourselves how young Ashby is. Yes, he signs the extension. He's going to be a Brewer for a long time. He's only 24 years old, and Saturday was just his 19th start in the big leagues. 19. This dude lost an entire year of development in 2020 because of the shutdown and because of the minor league season being canceled. So when you look at his minor league totals, he only made a total 
of 45 starts in the minor leagues and now only 19 starts in the big leagues. We're watching development happen in real time with Ashby. He wasn't happy himself after the game. He felt his preparation was a little off. He needs to improve on that. And I saw people overreacting to that quote. What I digested from that quote from Aaron Ashby was, you know what, he learned, He maybe he tried something different, or he was not as sharp in his conviction, said, oh, I'll fix it in the game kind of thing, and it didn't happen. Ashby has said in his interview since signing the extension, the biggest thing that's impressed him about big league hitters and what changes from the minor leagues to the big leagues is that you make the adjustments so much faster than you do in the minor leagues. And Aaron is still learning how to do that. Five walks on Saturday, five strikeouts. He did not get out of the fifth inning, allows four earned runs, also hit a batter, allowed a home run, his 10th loss of the season. A weird record. Two and 10 this year with a 4-3-2 ERA. I mean, his month of July was solid, and the Brewers only won one of his six starts in July. He went 25 and two-thirds innings in July, with a with a 3.86 ERA, but only one Brewer win in that stretch, and his best start, seven innings, two runs allowed, the Brewers were shut out. It's been a weird second-half start so far for Aaron Ashby. In fact, he's lost four consecutive decisions. So see if he can right the ship coming up next week. Uh, looks like he will get the start against the Cardinals coming up next weekend will be his next day uh, in the rotation. Other news... From this game, the Brewers just didn't keep up, which was odd given this back-and-forth affair. They got it to within one run, and things were looking up. They get a home run from Keston Hira. They get a home run from Andrew McCutcheon. It's suddenly a 4-3 ball game, and you're right back in it. And then three more solo homers by the Reds put it out of reach. Yes, the Brewers scored two in the bottom of the ninth, but it was kind of garbage time against old friend Hunter Strickland. The Brewers didn't keep up with the Reds. And again, Jose Barrero... How many times are we going to see a Michael Perez game where somebody you've never heard of have multiple homers against the Brewers? Or even yesterday, Michael Papirski. Congrats, guys. You're in the big leagues, and Michael Papirski's first big league homer comes off of Corbin Burns. It is so weird to see against the Brewers over and over again. That was kind of discouraging. And also, the bullpen was rather odd. Jake McGee's obviously gone. He's out of, their, out of the picture now. He was DFA'd yesterday. But... Hobie Milner gives up only his second home run of the season. Uh, Brent Suter also gives up a home run to end his good stretch of baseball for the last two innings. He had been pitching a whole lot better as of late. And yes, they scored two against Strickland. But again, the Reds bullpen locked down the Brewers. Until Strickland came in, the three and a third that the bullpen had had to that point had not allowed a run. They had two strikeouts and one walk. Farmer, San Martin, Kuno, and Diaz did their jobs, and that's why you saw them again in yesterday's game. The tip of the cap to them, and every single ball hit, it felt like, was a hard-hit ball for Cincinnati. They had eight hits. They hit four homers. Also had two doubles from Almora Jr. in India. So six of the eight hits went for extra bases in Saturday's game. Not so great. As for the Brewers, obviously the two homers and a pair of doubles, Caratini and uh, Yelich. Yelich had a three-hit game, but it was all for naught. And then finally yesterday, wow, Keston Hira, that you could feel the emotion coming off of his body as he was rounding the bases with that game-tying home run in the bottom of the ninth inning, an opposite field, a 2019 version Keston Hira shot into the opposing bullpen. That was beautiful. 422 feet away 
That's exactly what Keston needed, but the Brewers weren't planning on being down 2-1 to one in the bottom of the ninth with only four hits to their credit to that point in the game. Hat tip to Grant Ashcraft. I tweeted this during the game. That kid's going to be really good. Once he figures out how to get more swing and miss stuff, because he's normally a ground ball pitcher, and he got a ton of fly ball outs in yesterday's game. He had six fly ball outs to just five ground ball outs. He only had three strikeouts, and for a guy that throws a 96-mile-an-hour cutter, you would think, man, how is he not getting more strikeouts? He got the job done again. He's a heck of a rookie, pitched into the sixth inning. Buck Farmer paled him out. Brewers could not solve Ashcraft again. You can see why he is one of their top prospects and somebody they're really looking forward to in the future. And it wasn't like the Brewers had a ton of opportunities in this game. Neither team really played great with runners in scoring position, but it was the Reds who got the big moment in the eighth inning off of Taylor Rogers, thanks to a gift. And this is one of the bullet points from this. Taylor Rogers, that wild pitch isn't entirely on him. In my opinion, Victor Caratini would tell you he should have blocked that and kept the runner at first base. Because then, of course, a couple pitches later, Donovan Solano lines a double to right. And this is the other point. And Craig Council talked about this after the game. When Hunter Renfro was turning left and right, trying to figure out how to play that fly ball to right on the line drive from Solano, Council made the great point of saying it felt it looked like off the bat, oh, it's going to be nothing. That's no problem. And then you see the ball carry and carry and carry. It looked like the Chris Bryant home run that he hit against Eric Lauer in that Sunday game a couple of weeks ago. And it just carried on Hunter Renfro. Yes, he took a bad route to it, but I don't think it was going to carry like that either off the bat. And it led to the double that maybe the double doesn't even score if he's not on second if it wasn't for the wild pitch. And then you say, oh, well, don't throw it in the dirt. He's a chase guy. His slider will bounce from time to time from Rodgers. And aside from that, he got out of the inning relatively unscathed. It's It was a just a slow burn there of mistakes that added up. And then finally in the 10th inning, the big mistake on the bad throw by Mike Brasso to allow Aquino to get the third and the place to run a Romine to score. That was so huge because, number one, Romine was advancing the third. Number two, he's a catcher running. So even on a fly ball into the outfield, it's not a guarantee he's going to try to score on a sacrifice fly. And if you're Brasso, of course you're trying to rush it and try to get Aquino. But at the end of the day, if it's not going to be an accurate throw, you got to hang on to it. And it was still going to be a bang-bang play at first base with him running hard up the line. It was one of those days that the Brewers just, every little mistake seemed to hurt them, right? Like a hanging curveball to the nine-hole hitter, Papirski, turns into a solo homer. In fact, the nine spot for the Reds was the most productive spot in the order. Three of the four runs were scored out of the nine spot in the order. Papirski's homer. India had a pinch hit single and later came around the score that go-ahead run from Solano. And then Romine scores as the place runner in the top of the 10th inning. The Brewers have had trouble with the nine hitter all season long. And as I'm sure other National League teams have had trouble with it. But it seems like it especially bites the Brewers this year. I don't know what the deal is. But Barrero went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts in the 8th spot. But yet the 9 spot had two hits and three runs scored, including a walk as well. That's just something that can't happen in a tight game. Brewers fall. Uh, they lose the series. Let's look ahead and just look at some other stuff here. As I try to be optimistic, I really do, but I'm not going to lie. It's kind of hard right now. But if you're feeling one way or another, if you think this is it or the Brewers are going to make an epic comeback, you can put your money where your mouth is at betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league. They got golf coming up. The playoffs start next week. 
combat sports, esports, NFL, NBA, NHL, you name it, they've got it at Bet Online. You can use your phone or your t- or your desktop to get to the site and learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online is where the game starts. Watching the Cardinals over the Yankees. By the way, the Yankees have now lost five games in a row. Cardinals won yesterday, twelve to nine. They sweep the Yankees. What I see. I mean, not that this is not an indictment on Brewers fans whatsoever. You guys brought it this weekend. You were rooting for your team, but there wasn't much to root for. There is some juice in that ballpark at Bush Stadium right now. I call it voodoo magic, man. Look, I when in my younger years, I was a Texas Rangers fan. 2011 still kind of stings for me. So I get the hatred from 1982 and everything from all of these years with the Cardinals voodoo magic. Trust me, I get it. And seeing that ballpark rocking... And all the added stuff going on with St. Louis with, you know, Yadier Molina's final year, Albert Pujols' final year, and likely Adam Wainwright's final year. There's extra stuff happening in that ballpark. There is energy. There's a team excited to show up and play and see what they can get. I'm not saying the Brewers aren't excited to play, but there is a different energy. It's not necessarily all negative, but it's definitely unsettled. It's uneasy. It's what's today going to hold. Are we going to get out to a big lead? Is it going to be another tight game? Because that's what the Brewers do. They play a ton of tight games. And when that energy comes from the dugout to the rest of the field and to the rest of the ballpark, it's like, oh, boy. Brewers fans, you guys know what's going on. You're educated. You're in it. You are on your team. And you're seeing these slow motion ha- these slow motion train wrecks happen. Like, oh, no. You could see one thing coming. Like I look at the Pittsburgh series, right? You could see, oh, the bullpen gives it up here. Oh, the bullpen gave it up there. Oh, no, Devin's going to come in. He's got the scoreless streak and gone. Or then you've got Brad Boxberg coming in. Man, he's been used so much, and it's gone. Or he's coming in with a Harrington run. It's just you can see it. I know Brewers energies, the Brewers fans' energy is not quite there, and I sound like a, a horoscope guy right now. I'm, like, I'm not a horoscope guy at all, but I think you can understand what I'm trying to say, right? There's some juice in the ballpark in St. Louis. There's juice in the ballpark in San Diego. There's uneasiness and queasiness right now in the ballpark in American Family Field. It doesn't mean it can't change in the other direction, but it's just an odd feeling right now where you want to root and you want to believe and you want to say that, yeah, they're the best dang team in the National League Central. And you know in the back of your mind something's off and it's Josh Hader. I don't want to keep going back to Hader. Don't want to, it, it's, it happened, okay? It's been a week now, all right? It's going to be weird for the last two months, but it happened, and we're going to finally try to put it to bed tomorrow uh, with this episode I have planned. Off day today, it's been a weird week, but I want to take a quick moment away from all the baseball and away from everything to just say thank you to everybody who's listened, who's tuned in, who's interacted with tweets, whether you're a, a hater or a lover, a believer, a denier, whatever. Thank you, thank you, thank you, because last week, you guys digesting all of our content from Locked On Brewers, even despite it being negative and despite it being at times, a little bit of a pity party. Uh, I really was encouraged by the Twitter Spaces events that we had for the trade deadline day and for the live reaction to Josh Hader is that there were a lot of rational takes from the folks we had on. And so I want to thank all of y'all. The comments were, for the most part, generally positive and understanding, like in Stearns we trust, and obviously now a week has passed and that feeling has wavered for some. But it's clear that this team in my opinion, doesn't have it, the it factor. 
For a while, that was Willie Adamas in 2021, right? That was the it factor. Willie Adamas brought so much energy. And right now, there is no it with the team, with the Brewers. And that might be their downfall moving forward. There is no one you can look to said, that's the juice. That's the guy. That's the energy. It's just not happening right now. So for these next six series, buckle up. It's going to be hard to be a fan sometimes. But it could be really euphoric if they pull off something special over these next six series. So hang with them. Tampa Bay coming up tomorrow. St. Louis coming up over the weekend. Dodgers at home next week. Going down to Wrigley next weekend. And then out to Los Angeles midweek next week. And then back home for the Cubs the following weekend. It is going to be one heck of a stretch coming up. So wear your colors proudly. Own it. It's been a hell of a run, no matter how it goes, whether this is the end of the postseason streak or the Brewers pick themselves out of the dirt and shock the world. What a story it could be. That's it for this episode. Hope you have a wonderful Monday. My name is Dominic Catronio. Right back here tomorrow. Follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnBrewers. Until then, keep on swinging. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.